Hey, man, it's not our fault you were born without the sport fucking gene. <laughs> Come on, guys, I can't just stand here and let you harass my boy. I know he can have unemotional sex. He just chooses not to. In fact, I'll bet he could get some before the both of you two. Please, I'm a celebrity again, bro. You could get laid at a funeral, and that would be unemotional for you or the dead girl. Oh, welcome back, everybody, to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hitty, coming to you from my hotel room in New York, New York. Excellent episode of the pod this week with one of our favorite guests, Fraser Tharp, in the flesh. Just got back from his office, the complex headquarters near Times Square, New York City. As you can imagine, sick office, not a sick location, sadly. Had a great time with Frazier regardless, breaking down an iconic top 10 Entourage episode, The Day Fuckers. Let's put Medea into the side, let's put Lost in the Clouds to the side, and let's simply have a race to see who can get laid first, E or Turtle. Frazier's an incredible guest. He has a brand new podcast out right now called Watch Less. If you're a TV fan like me, I highly suggest you check it out. He's only about 15 episodes in, and he's already had Elijah Wood on. He's got some big guests coming up. The link to listen to his podcast is in the show notes of today's episode. I want to just get right to it. We talked fits, we talked furries, and we get actually pretty deep into what Entourage in 2020 would look like. A remake or a reboot, if you may. Frazier's an awesome guest. Looking forward to continuing to have him back. Thank you guys for your five-star reviews. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter, at OyaPod. Enjoy the episode, and I will talk to you next Monday. My guest this week is a senior editor at Complex, the co-host of the weekly pop culture podcast, Watch Less, and the newest member of the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, Three Timers Club, coming to us in person from NYC, Fraser Tharp. Welcome back to the I didn't know there was a club. There's a club, man. It's a a small list. I love it. You, Mike Tamerlindo, do you know Mike? He does a 60-second classics on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I know the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple other guys, Tal Banduho, David Tavucci. Dude, you're one of our most requested guests. So uh, no way. Yeah, dude, your, your knowledge. I mean, you're just you're. It's you're you're an entourage fiend, which like we love to have on. Yes, I am, and <laughs> I'm actually um, rewatching the series in earnest. Uh, my girlfriend had never seen it. Oh man, and she loves it. What a treat. Well, you know, rewatching shit with someone who hasn't seen it is like the best way to really rewatch something. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, it's fun. We just. We're ahead of you now, I think. We just finished season six. Okay, so it's things are <laughs> less enthused to <laughs> sure to sure. do the rest of that stretch. But it, I mean, if anything, it'll be interesting. But we've talked about this before, and like where we are right now, at least in the pod, mid-season four. Season four is hella underrated, dude. And yeah, I really enjoyed going back to that one because you know the episode we're here to talk about today. Oh yeah, is one that I'll like. This is a show you just pop in. It's not like Breaking Bad mm-hmm. where you're doing a whole series we watch every time. You know. There's, Tons of episodes you just kind of skip around if you're in the mood you miss the show. Um, but I'd never really gone back to season four like that. And I didn't know because season five is such a standout. Yeah. It's like the experimental season. Yeah, truly. You know? So I think this one kind of gets lost. In between the, like, because it's like all Medellin like focus. Right. And then it like crashes and burns at the end. But there are some absolute classics, including the one we're doing today. Classic. <laughs> this is like. I mean, we'll do kind of the normal format of stuff, but like you've been on enough. Like I don't want to like, this is like, is this a bottle episode? Like how would you describe this? It's just a like plot-free episode of the boys trying to late. I was thinking about that today. 
Uh, I don't think you can call it a bottle episode. Yeah. And the other one I thought of was, and this isn't even really a thing anymore, it's streaming, but I thought of filler, mm-hmm. which people say because it takes a break from the plot. Sure. But it is just kind of an outlier in that, you know, I think it's, and I, I only know this because of I'm actually rewatching. <laughs> so it's not, I wouldn't call it like the first episode to be completely plot free because there is that episode with E. And they're trying to do the vacation, and he doesn't want Vince to come on the vacation. Yeah, yeah, it's season three. Of the uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just jammed up because everyone's gonna get mad at me for not knowing off the top of my head. <laughs> but all right, that one doesn't really work. Sure, it's not really that fun. Yeah, the mechanics of it just don't really come together. It's also like it carries over from the previous one. It's like Vince is like same girl. And yeah, like, this yeah, is weird. yeah. Why is Vince got the same girl two episodes in a row? Right. <laughs> this one feels like it's one of the first pure because you know people always call it sex and city for guys Mm -hmm. but it's usually more concerned with like actual plot shit yeah hollywood shit this one feels like one of the rare and first like hollywood for i mean sex and the city for guys episodes let's get into it the day fuckers Um, great title great title dude so the day fuckers aired on sunday july 29th 2007 the number one song in the world in july of 2007 is off Rihanna's third studio album, Good Girl Gone Bad. What song was that? It's got to be Umbrella. It's Umbrella, 100%. Wow. It was originally written with Britney Spears in mind. Her Holy label shit. rejected it. Entertainment Weekly ranked it the number one song out of all singles in 2007, earned her and Jay-Z a Grammy Award. It was listed at number 412 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. That's the biggest surprise to me. That is so long ago. Wow. <laughs> the staying power of that song to be listed in the 500 greatest songs of all time. Yeah. And it's like there have been a million Rihanna albums since then. Each pretty good. I wonder how many, I mean, this, this is like a whole side conversation, but I wonder how many Jay-Z songs cracked that. Or did he only crack the top 500 greatest songs of all time as like a supporting artist on Rihanna's? Wait, who was it? Rolling Stone? Rolling Stone, 500 greatest songs of all time. They had I think to have he, he has like a couple on there. Okay. Like four or five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Good. As he should. Absolutely. Recapping quickly this week's episode. So capitalizing on a romance-related bet with Ian Vince on who can store with the ladies first, drama takes Turtle under his wing to the one place where love knows no boundaries. Craigslist. <laughs> All right. So there are a lot of good moments, a lot of good lines. Let's just like rapid fire. What was some of your favorite moments from this week's episode? Oh, well, it's a great episode for drama. Dude, it's, it's, it's a like great episode one for One of drama. his best. But... Vince, actually, well, it's a great episode for drama, but a lot of the great jokes come at the expense of Turtle. That's true. And Vince, for once, has one of the best lines where he's, like, they're ironing out the bet real quick, and he says he can't barter or pay. <laughs> <laughs> and Turtle actually says, Jesus, like, <laughs> shot him in the face, like. Whatever. So what are the rules? It's got to be a complete stranger, and he can't call a raft. All right, well, it's got to be free. He can't pay or barter. Jesus. Sorry, Turtle. On the good chase name, then. On the good chase name. Come on, E. Let's go win us a ribbon. Turtle wears it the whole episode. The dude's like an innocent bystander he does. the whole time. He's like, it's all, they're all just mashing on E. <laughs> and then they're like, well, I bet Turtle could get laid. And the dude's just like, what? What, what am I fucking doing here? Uh, it's a great Jerry Farrar performance. But you're right. You know, Vince, not exactly one for like many great one-liners. And, and that's a good one. That one hits. So this one's going to seem weird. And I don't know why. There's so many good bros being bros moments, lines. I don't know why, but this actual moment is my favorite. And it's, they made fun of E at brunch about his inability to be unemotional. And then 
they just like show it when he's sitting at the pool with this British girl Heather, and he's basically having a meltdown. And I and it was dude, it was so relatable to me. It's it's cringy. He like, keeps apologizing. Like, sorry, sorry, dude. I've been that guy where like I'm nervous around a girl I really liked who oh, was really course. attractive. Yeah. I was just. <laughs> we are here on business, Eric. The company paid for my own room and everything. I wasn't saying that. I was just. I was just asking. I'm sorry. No, I'm just playing. There's no need to apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do I make you nervous? No. So you're just nervous usually. Do I seem nervous to you? You do. You know, I have a very stressful job. I actually need another drink. I haven't seen the waitress for forever. Do you need anything? Uh, yeah. You want another drink? Four shots of tequila, please. With limes? Of course. Laugh at me. Look, I may use limes, but I will drink you under the table. Now we're getting somewhere. And you're just apologizing for nothing? Well, it's no that, and it's like he's he's breaking like the Vince cosine too. Yeah. It's like you're there with Vince. He's already done half the work. He's done seven eighths of the and work. And he can't even like keep up his part of the banter. It's like you're talking about favorite European cities and he throws like a really bad joke about a city he's never been to. It's like dude. Dusseldorf. Come on, man. And then in typical E fashion, we haven't seen Sloane Matuit in like nine episodes and she just happens to be walking by at the W Hotel pool. Like what is she on a business call or something, and he bricks that. He like doesn't even remember the girl's name. He's with it's just it's bad all around. Hey, hey, um, you're back. Yeah, yeah, for a few weeks now. I didn't know. Well, I, I mean, I I figured I shouldn't call. You told me not to call, so. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. Hi. Hi. Uh, you know what? That's my bad. Sloan, this is Juliet. Heather. Wow, really? Uh, Juliet is Heather's friend, and she's with she's with Vince somewhere. Sloan, Heather. Right. <laughs> nice to meet you. You too. Uh, well, yeah. I should get going. Well. Good to see you. Eric. I'll see you soon, right? Okay. Yeah. Me, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye. See you. Your ex. Yeah. Is it that obvious? Uh-huh. She's pretty. Why'd you guys break up? Because I'm an idiot. One of the fun things I've been enjoying about rewatching is trying to figure out what exactly Sloane's life is. Yeah. <laughs> and it gets, it gets to really funny extremes in season six. I'm sure it does. Because she's like a, an event planner, but... They, I don't know, man. That's true. I mean, and you know she comes from money. Because she's Terrence's daughter. Yeah. But it's, it's just it's a funny side thing. Yeah, you know, she's just strolling through the W. I mean, yeah. to be honest, them being at the W Hotel pool is hilarious in and of itself. Like, yeah, it's like what goes on in L.A., man? Yeah. Jesus. I mean, Vince even says that. He's like, it's L.A. Nobody works. But him having that meltdown, basically like making drama's wish come true was pretty, pretty good to me. And then obviously, I mean, the final moment of Turtle sneaking up and seeing drama Dude. in that furry costume is... Perfect last scene. Like, just, <laughs> you know, what a gag. Perfect sight gag. They're making like noises, and he's like slapping the the bunny's like ass, and like drama is like up there with Kramer in mm -hmm. this episode, kind of. He want, drama is firing on all cylinders this episode. Yeah, he start he comes out of the date so hot, just badging on E, and like doesn't let up. And he he's like a very Kramer ish character, actually. The more you watch the show, like he's a like, you know my friend Bob Sakamano type of guy, you know. <laughs> so I think this episode really brought a lot out of him. Every episode this season, so now the drama's an established, you know, TV actor, he's basically just got, like, B-plots this whole episode, where he's off on, like, a one-man mission, maybe Turtle joins him, and 
obviously, I think this is one of the better ones. Yeah, definitely. At least of the season. Definitely. <laughs> okay. I don't. Do we have bros being bros when you were on? You were on, I think, two seasons ago. So. I think we did, maybe. Okay, yeah. so just essentially, like, moments of male friendship, like some real authentic stuff. I mean, this entire episode, pretty much. It's a bro episode. It's a bro sure. being I mean, bro moment. That, that's, but. Some guys might not want to admit it, but you don't get... It doesn't get realer than that opening conversation. He loves falling in love. He's a nesting creature. What's the big deal? Because it's not natural for a male. It's a big deal. I'm not a nesting creature. Really? Name one girl you've ever had unemotional sex with. Ever. It really doesn't. Like, that's a group chat in real life. It's a group, yeah, there's no text, group text messaging back then, so it's just like guys at brunch talking about shit that like they probably shouldn't be talking about in a public setting. But Oh, well, speaking of what there wasn't back then, um, I love that drama and Turtle, and this is probably under my favorite moment uh, bar too, but I love that they go to like a computer lab. <laughs> Internet cafe. <laughs> yeah, that didn't, didn't age particularly well, and like, even well, worse that they're looking for like Adult friend hookups. Well, the girl next to them overhears and gets up disgusted, which is amazing. And he's just like, move over. And I'm like, oh, why didn't they just search that in their phones? Like, oh, it's back when phones only had numbers and snake. Horny heifer seeks backdoor lover. Oh, pass. What do you mean pass? This isn't about having fun, Turtle. It's about winning the cash. How much am I getting? For her, 20%. Pass. How about a chick with a plus size click for 30? Pass. What then? Slide over. Let me scroll. The whole episode is just them being like bad versions of guys. I don't mean bad as in like problematic. I just mean like the most like base piling on each other, super insecure, betting on something that doesn't even need to be bet on. Right. But, you know, and again, this is maybe something that's helped by me being ahead in my rewatch of the Mm -hmm. show. But I I do always find it... um, Genuinely interesting and endearing when Vince takes like a like a real interest in E's well being. You know, like yeah. at the end of the day, Vince is like a, I feel like a lesser show would have just had to be on the bet, but Vince is like, hey man, you know, <laughs> I'm t- you clearly want to call her. Yeah, it's just five yeah. G's. Come on. He's also like really rooting for his boy. You know, exactly. he's like, I'm yeah. get myself a, a trophy. He never does that with Turtle. No. I don't know if you <laughs> noticed that. <laughs> He did some like the $25, 25K Futuyamas at one point, but that was almost like charity. You know, like every every single time Turtle actually needs help, Vince is like off doing something I mean, fucking hey. absurd. And, you know, he's kind of like the de facto main character in some ways. He has been called by like Doug Allen as like the audience avatar. His name comes first. Yeah, 100%. And at least back in the day to, you know, I think at that point, what, Sloan had been on like a season and a half. So mm-hmm. it was interesting to see her come back. And now, of course, we know that she appears in virtually every season since she comes on. But it was fun to just see like the show keeping that universe alive. At the time, yeah, probably a good, I'm trying to remember the exact timeline of seasons three to four. The Four premiered right after three, actually, but she hadn't been in an episode at least in like right. six months, yeah. which, was, which was enough in real time to be like, oh, I, I can't believe they brought her back. Exactly. Entourage doesn't, you know, they don't really introduce a ton of new characters, but that's a whole another conversation. Um, <laughs> the other bros being bros moment that just reminded me of like being a stupid group of guys is you mentioned it earlier, but Sophia Munt, the the blonde linen saleswoman at the pool, goes. But you have been to London. Oh yeah, several times. We stay at the Marriott. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> what? 
was like, oh, dude, that is like such like like baseline guy thinking like, all right, we're in London, we should probably get a room with Marriott. Yeah, right? like, dude, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Like Vince wasn't an Uber millionaire back then, I guess. Still, but like at least someone's got to recommend a better place to stay than the Marriott. <laughs> You know, one of them is like a Marriott Rewards member. Like, you know, drama's down his points. He's Drama like, no. definitely has the points stored up from years of motel stays and shit. Bro, I can get us upgraded to a full suite. What was your least favorite moment from the suites episode? Um, weird to say about Entourage because he's usually the pinch hitter, but I, I don't love the Ari thing. Same. Do you know that it's that plot line's existed since episode two and it's episode seven of this? Yeah, so, season? you know, it's, I guess it's like a running little subplot arc for him. I, I stopped caring about it after episode two. Yeah, and you know, Principal Homer Simpson and yeah. whatever grape he has to pick. Yeah. It, it just didn't land. Didn't land. Like, Mrs. Ari is like hysterical half the time about it and the other half of the time, like, whatever, Ari, it's cool. Yeah, like, it's almost well, like she's playing her type at some points. Like, well, we have to, it can't be an entourage episode without Mrs. Ari yelling. Yeah, yelling at Ari over the phone, and he's like, this is man's work, baby. I'll take care of it. I didn't hate like him going to a PI. I think that was kind of funny that Ari That was funny and how ridiculous it was. Yeah. It was like out of a bad noir movie. Right. But I completely agree with you. Uh, him, didn't, him getting emotional at the end is always great to see Piven's range, but like... <sighs> so saccharine. Yeah. Just not into it. It was done. I was like, "Thank God, I don't have to think about like where his kid is going to private school." Right. I anymore. mean, it's like not even to be like one of those people, but it is like a very rich person problem. Well, this whole show is. <laughs> but even that, like, they're, they're interesting yeah. rich people problems at least, or at least understandable ones. This one's like, uh, okay, come on, dude. One hundred percent. We're we're in complete agreement. So this is a new category. I introduced it this season, and it's completely figurative. What was just the most entourage moment of this episode? Hmm. I mean, it's got to be the bet. The, just in general? Just the fact that it is the bet. It's actually true. You know? Like, hey, I have five grand lying around. We have nothing to do today. <laughs> like, dude, what other show would title this episode this title? On the <laughs> heels of the Wee Ho Ho, which is quite possibly the worst named episode, the Day Fuckers, like, bat and clean up is pretty fucking good. Wee Ho, is, is that the one with uh, Steven Toblowski? Weho Ho is Lloyd cheating on his uh, boyfriend oh, right, okay. and Ari having to pit up the pieces. Yeah. So, uh, no, the day fuckers. And, and I guess the entire plot is, is you're right. Like It's Entourage operating at peak Entourage, which, I've, again, you know, someone going to the show in 2020 might call it like almost self-parody, but sure. it just is what it is. For me, it was definitely them going to the W Hotel pool. Their, their guy comes up, is that usual spot, Vince? And then, like, a, a round of drinks just arrives from, like, those two hot girls across the pool. It was so, it was almost like a parody of itself. Yeah, they sit down for, like, two seconds. Hey, Vince. Hey, Jimmy. Same spot as usual? That'd be great. Thanks. Awesome. So, what do you think? I think this is retarded. I really do. I mean, who hits on girls on weekdays? It's L.A. Every day's a weekend. But just relax, look around, and let the game come to you. Hey, Vince. Those girls over there would like to buy you guys a drink. Or to me, <laughs> and then to you through me. Thank you. That'd be great. Hi. What are they doing at the pool in like their cargo pants and like you know they're just there to scope out women. Fits. I know. We, we we're gonna get to that. We, I brought it. I brought an old category bat just for you. Thank but you. everyone is like bad tattoos and bad plastic surgery and. I mean, at the same time, it's believable. Yeah, it is I, believable. It, it's. If I had never been to L.A. before, and I hadn't at that point, I was like, this is what L.A. is like. And in some <laughs> ways, you and I both know it is. It is. <laughs>
quotes. Okay. I mean, I've got a stat here, but if you remember any. I mean, we said the barter one already. Yeah. Uh, drama's just, just killing. Let me look. I feel like a moron, drama. This thing doesn't even fit. Oh, am I supposed to put my dick through this hole? What if it gets stuck? What the hell? Is it Easter? Hey, guys, maybe we're unclear on the rules, but role-playing and fucking each other doesn't count. <laughs> Please, my man here is getting ready to fuck a real live woman. Win me five Gs. Unless by some miracle, E already got laid. Please tell me you got lady. It's in the works. Jesus! Quit your whining, turtle, and consider yourself lucky. A girl like that is a goddess in the furry community. You're gonna fucking that? Actually, furrow files refer to it as boinking. <laughs> wow, turtle. I mean, this is freaky, even for me. Don't let him get in your head, turtle. Furries are people, too. And all people need to get laid. Except that whack job who only needs a good book, a cup of tea, and a nice long hug. You're helping Bugs Bunny string his dick through a hole, and I'm a whack job. <laughs> that is them firing on all, all cylinders. That is Dodge and Rob's writing, like, at its finest. <laughs> yeah, and again, the, the internet cafe is great. Yeah. Uh, Tur Turtle has, like, some great reaction shots in this one, too. When he's on the phone with her, and he's like, well, what do you look like? <laughs> Yeah, like he, Turtle's got some morals at this point in the show. At the beginning of the show, he had none. Everything about her interaction when she actually pulls up on him is actually like genuinely funny. Yeah. yeah. But before we get to that, we have to talk about what's considered like the most iconic line in early Entourage. Okay. And that is when they're walking across the street from the cafe. And I'm taking Turtle under my. I, I ain't betting on this. And I'm not searching out a girl just to fuck her. Why not? Because it's mean. No, 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 no. Mean is when I made Jess Mancini ride her bike home after I ass-fucked her. <laughs> now, the, this has to be a written line because it's blocked in a way where, like, the camera's on E in drama. But the reaction that Connolly and Grenier give is so genuinely, like, horrified and disgusted <laughs> while also entertained. It felt like an ad-lib. It almost felt like a Kevin Dillon, like, off the cuff, which I know it wasn't because that's not – hey, the I show be, wasn't improv. I wouldn't be surprised, man. Dillon is – Arguably the best performer in the show. Oh, easily. I mean, you know, it, praise goes to Jeremy Piven. 100%. As it should, but Dylan's right there with him. That line gets commented and tweeted at me probably every <laughs> single day. And I can't imagine what it's like for poor Kevin Dylan on oh his little God. Instagram account. <laughs> I, had a, I had a movie credit on named uh, Dud Mancini, and that poor guy <laughs> just got fucking inundated with, what are you, Jess's dad or something like that? Like, wow. Brutal. Love the entourage hive. Dude, they're, it's, a, it's a passionate crew. Drama says, to show my appreciation for your predictability, E. I'm going to take some of my winnings and buy you a nice gift certificate to a farm that will help you grow some balls. <laughs> That's funny. I appreciate that, Drama, but I'm not going to Sloan's. I'm going to the hotel to fuck that British chick I met at the pool today. So, Vince, I put your cash away. Looks like the bet's still on. Just the, the line readings themselves. like He's, like, all into the furry community. He knows all about him. <laughs> What the fuck is this? Yes, I love it. My bet is safe. Oh, this means something to you, drama? Oh, yeah. It means you got a furry, bro. What the fuck's a furry? Someone who wants to fuck you like you're a stuffed animal. You know drama had some weird alternative he, sex that's life. That's what I'm saying. Kramer. Yeah, Kramer, Like, the it. fact that he's into that. Not even into it. Just says he knows. He's dabbled. Any good burns jump out at you? I mean, I guess those were all kind of burns in themselves when they're shitting on E. Yeah, yeah. I know. I think Ari's little rant that Andrew Preston as they're driving away is pretty good. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Gold, how are you? Well, not so good. 
Yeah, our son got rejected from every private school in town. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, uh, they didn't uh, happen to call you about us, did they? Well, we all stay in touch. I'm asked questions and I answer them honestly. Of course you do. All right, well, we're off to see another public school. Well, that's not so bad. You know, I'm a product of the public school system. Me too. You self-righteous blackballing little cunt bag. Well, a nice day to both of you. Asshole fuck <laughs> Yeah, that was, didn't mind that. I, I liked um, the Paula Poundstone. Good news, Ari. Don't ask questions, Lloyd. Not until you stop dressing like Paula Poundstone. Who is Paula Poundstone? Poor Lloyd just like wears it for one. You know, he gets one line this episode. Yeah. sadly. <laughs> I mean, at least you get a flash of Ari. Okay, it hasn't been good week by week this season in terms of music, but this episode is pretty strong music-wise. Yeah, man, this one actually has. One of my favorite Entourage songs. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, I think this might have been when I really started paying attention to the music and getting, getting hip to what Venner was doing. Because it's like ending with that Alice Smith song is such a left field choice yep. in the best way. And I think it was one of the first instances, because you got to remember this is before Kanye even. Yeah. But, and it was one of the first in- instances that really showed that whoever was doing the music had like taste and wasn't just jumping from hit to hit to hit. Yeah, top 40 or like most recent right. hip-hop album. 100%, dude. It's like... Hey, hey. Um, should we go? What would you say if I said, let's blow off the restaurant and order in? I'd say, come inside. It's emotional, yeah, and that like just like the ties going to meet this girl from London or whatever, like, and also in your in your mind the music is like convincing you like he's over Sloan, he's like finally like going to break free of his uh, you know whatever emotional like hang up. Yeah, man. I mean, from however they got there with you know the guys being guys talk, it is like a it's kind of a charming moment. Almost. Yeah, you feel like you're watching like a rom com. Yeah, and he's in his little fucking sweater too. <laughs> We're just jumping in worse outfit, bro. Uh, yeah, we, all, right, let's, all right, let's do it. Well, really quick, I do want to call out sucked. Raspy Shit by Pharrell. That, and before I remember that that was in there, that I mean, great song. Yeah. Great song. Oh, in my mind, is an incredible album in 2006. Like, it's not even, that Raspy Shit isn't even like a top three song off of that album. No. It's still a great song. And that also speaks to it because it's just, the, the beat is used in such a great way. It, mm-hmm. it is like an afternoon chill. Sex. You know, like, yeah. Venner, man. I know. Coming into his powers. Do you think it was rude of us leaving them alone like that? <laughs> Are you kidding? The way they were hitting it off, it would have been rude of us to stay. Good point. <sighs> this has been called out a few times by one of my guests, John Duda, but and then there's Vinny having reverse cowgirl sex, which is the only <laughs> position he knows I'd have sex in. <laughs> Damn, yeah. Wow. You, you're rewatching the show right now. Does it, that dude fuck in any other it position? Just flashed in my mind like a million <laughs> times now. That's gotta be something that like Adrian requested or so. Maybe maybe that's his. Or like Wahlberg's like, oh yeah, all male celebrities. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like such a lazy position or something. Like it also basically like you know not to get super vulgar here, but like it's an opportunity to show the girl fully naked without showing Adrian right. naked at all. So it might just be like a blotting peak entourage. Should <laughs> peak entourage. All right, we've we've alluded to it. I brought it back just for you. Worst fit of the episode. There are a lot. E. E is the worst <laughs> offender, especially because it's like his date fit. Yeah. You know, like it's usually drama sometimes, mm-hmm. especially from those early episodes. 
pretty restrained. Turtle, I mean, if you're you know, the same way you would account for inflation. Sure. Yeah. Accounting for what years is 07? 07, yeah. Decent. Vince, horrible as usual. We're <laughs> <laughs> just the worst. So I don't know. Vince has got green cargo pants and he's at a red YTT graphic tee. Like yeah, he went to like, Hawaii like, and picked up something at like the fucking Ed Hardy. <laughs> like, dude, I don't know, man. But yeah, E coming out in like the super baggy jeans and the, like he looks like like a guest fit. Yeah, boot cut jeans with the like lawn sleeve collar shirt underneath the red sweater. Dude, I I used to rock that look. Like we were all so lost back in the day. It's so funny because I wonder if we will look back on the show in another 10 years when I'm hopefully not breaking down episode by episode. (laughs) (laughs) And I wonder if we'll go, oh, actually the fashion aged really well. I really doubt it for the early 2000s. Nah. There's no way, right? It's like you looked at like late 90s fashion and you're like, nope, it'll never come back. No way, dude. I mean, there's some dudes like Pharrell's, especially since we were just talking about raspy shit, like Pharrell's timeless. Yeah. And you're just going to look at the era and just account for, all right, what was going on in that era? Sure. Didn't make sense. Sure. Something like Entourage, these guys are just going to be eyesores, man. <laughs> I mean, drama gets some off, though. Yeah, he does. he does. He's got this, like, tan fedora with, like, an unbuttoned bowling shirt at Earth Cafe. And it's like, that lines up for the character, though, you know? Yeah. It's not a good fit, but it's... He like, pulls off he, the hat. Yeah, he definitely pulls off the hat. I wish I had to pull off a hat like Johnny Drama. Definitely so. not. <laughs> Outdated references. I guess we talked Paula Poundstone. We talked about how Drama and Turtle were looking at Craigslist and an internet cafe. Yeah, like, the internet cafe for me was was the real winner. Like that shit is just a blast from the past. Drama is a network television star. Like, what is he doing in an internet cafe looking for basically like, you know, hookers? Fucking <laughs> 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 Craigslist. Like, there, there is something that like wouldn't like happen in 2020. It's like that would be done from the privacy of your own home, <laughs> at the very least. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, how would this episode be different in 2020? Um, you know, thinking about it, and obviously not thinking with with like, oh, this is yeah, you know, problematic, problematic or you know, woke ears or eyes. But I do think if this episode aired today, it would probably follow up a line that drama has early when kind of like right before Mancini. Mm-hmm. When he's saying, you know, it's 2007, he like a girl looking for casual sex in a day is using you just as much as you're using her. Yeah. So I think if you see this episode today, it would probably just beef up said female characters. Mm-hmm. You know, like we don't really get much of E's girl. Sure. And I think it's like. <laughs> or Vince's or Turtle and Dramas. <laughs> no, I mean, never. You never get anything from Vince's. Yeah. I mean. To be fair, Turtles Girl has she yeah. has some sketch out there. Yeah. She has a lot of uh, inferences he can make. Her personality is sketched out, but no, I think you're right. That would be embraced in 2020. Right. I think they would just want to hit that nail on the head even harder. It's like, all yeah. right, well, like you might even have a situation where maybe E breaks down and, and admits the bet or something, and she doesn't care or sure. has her own bet or some shit yeah. like that. That'd be good. The, like two group, like a girl, group of girls and a group of guys, like having like parallel bets. I also think like just this idea of like, oh, whoever gets laid first wins, like is almost too stereotypical. And yeah. I think now in 2020, but okay, the first one of us to have a threesome wins, or the first one of us, <laughs> you know, just like sex has become so progressive on TV and like sexuality is such like an open topic. Right. I feel like. It'd be like the first guy to have a threesome wins the bet, and then the idea of furries it wouldn't be weird or taboo at all. Like one of the five guys would like sometimes dabble in 
furryism or whatever it's called. Like, like drama would be a furry. In That's real life. a good point. I yeah. mean, I'm sure furries have been like a plot point in CSI yeah. between yeah. now and then like ten times. Sure. So you definitely would have had something weirder and more bizarre. But it even it just wouldn't be looked at as like a weird thing. It would just be like, and that's his fetish, or that's that too. Her yeah, fetish, yeah. Right? It's like, almost like a fetish couldn't be the punchline, mm-hmm. which is what it is in this episode. Yeah. And like, I mean, whatever. Like, uh, it, it still makes me laugh to be honest with you. But it's not really done at the expense of furries. It's more done at the expense of drama. Right. And there's, there's a line we forgot too, where uh, he's like, "I don't care if she's dressed as Godzilla." <laughs> <laughs> This is going to cost me five grand. I'm going to have to get myself some pussy. And he like runs out of the car. <laughs> Jesus. I feel like I'm dropping my kid off to go trick-or-treating. Can't do it, Drama. Of course you can. No, I can't. It's bad enough I got to wear this thing, but who knows what she's going to be wearing? Who cares if she's dressed like Godzilla? Close your eyes like you used to do when you banged that ugly chick Trudy Lipnick in high school. You thought she was ugly? Is that debatable? Whatever, I'm not going in. 50%. No. 60. John, you can give me the whole thing. I just can't do it. Give me the suit, dick. Why, what are you gonna do? If I'm dropping five G's, at least get me some pussy. What, am I supposed to just sit here? And then, honestly, like, Drama and Turtle, they'd be hunting for, like, a match for Turtle on every dating app on the planet. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. that's just how it goes. And we've talked about this multiple times, but, like, Turtle would be rolling in it. He'd be, like, Vince's social social media manager. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Actually. This is great, because we're in person now, and I'm watching it, like, dawn on you. And it's like, yeah, this is a shit I have to think about every single <laughs> right? week, Frazier. <laughs> <laughs> it's also kind of crazy. It's like, man, the, uh, Entourage kind of is... A little prime for a revival. It really is. It just would have to be really nuanced. Yeah. N- nuanced in the in the take, obviously, because people are always looking for, you know, like the, the rug to pull out. Yep. But also just, you know, the movie had its moments, but it also had... Problems. Problems yeah. and, and a little too much navel gazing and yeah. shit like that, so... Great word. And, you know, just however they would update the time that's passed. I know. There's a way that could come off, like, really cringy if it's not handled with the right care. So I understand why they haven't done it, but even you saying, like, social media managers, like, the, the, the celebrity world has changed so much that it would be very interesting. It'd be interesting to see them. I mean, I've joked around on this. It'd just be a lot of them looking at their phones, which, like, is what being a celebrity yeah. is these days. But it'd be interesting to see, like, these guys navigating 2020 with its technology and, like... Like these incidences that happen with the guys where they get in a fight or they do something embarrassing because of cell phones, it would be all over the news. Oh, dude, well, they barely even have TMZ in this, which yeah. I'm noticing from the rewatch. Yeah. Just crazy. And TMZ is like on every other street corner in downtown LA. Yeah, like they would be hounded. We were talking just a couple weeks ago about the episode where Vince hops out of his car on PCH and hops into the girl's car. If that happened in traffic, that would be like headline breaking news. Like Complex would do a piece about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, Aquaman star Vinny Chase hops in a strange girl's car. Like, where are they going? Like, and this is the girl. Here's her Instagram account. It's just like, it, it would just spiral from there, man. And it's yeah. just interesting to see them. I, I, I like this point you're bringing up because I think another thing that would have to happen, and I, you know, I kind of shudder 
what the Tor Entourage fandom, how they would react to this, but you'd have to make the female characters better. Oh, dude. You'd have to have, like, a conjoining female entourage or, like, a strong female character in the group. Definitely. Although I think someone wrote something recently. I don't know if it was around the anniversary or something about the women of Entourage, and they did highlight, you know, the Dana Gordons and the... uh, Shauna's. Shauna, Carla Gugino's character, you know. Yeah. They're just a little bit too few and far in between. Agreed. There's definitely some point down the road, if I can get any of those actresses in a room, I would love to have a conversation on this podcast. Oh, dude, Constance Zimmer would have to be great. She's, I have a major crush on her, and she is, like, still fucking killing it, which is awesome. Or or Debbie Mazur. Yeah, I mean... Debbie's like a little bit more of a like an OG legend who yeah, like right. is probably gonna be like, what the fuck's a podcast, you know? Like, <laughs> but like you know, <laughs> let's talk faces in the crowd. So we we mentioned Dan Castellata, like Homer Simpson. We've we've talked about him before, right? How about William Forsythe as a uh, legend? Ed absolute legend, legend character. You know, Ari. We meet so often that if another P.I. was following me, he'd think we were fucking. Well, if another P.I. was following you, then I would be fucked. <laughs> so what can I do for you today? I need one of your uh, 24-7 tales, but this one has to be on the extreme, extreme DL. Oh, so you mean more extreme than when you had me follow Kate Beckinsale to see if she was going to fire agent? More extreme and more discreet. If anyone finds out about this, it could be very, very embarrassing. Mm-hmm. All right. Who's the subject? Andrew Preston. He is the head administrator of the Briar Country Day School. When you think about William Forsyth, randomly the first show that comes to mind for me is Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. He was in Boardwalk, Justified. Yeah, dude. He's born and raised in Bed-Stuy. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. And speaking of Justified, the other PI that's in his office, oh, yeah. that guy was, and I only know this maybe because I've been thinking about Justified lately. And it's time for a rewatch. But that guy is Raylan's ex-wife's new husband. That's right, William Radsdale. Yeah. Hey, listen, as it turns out, Frank over here was hired by another unhappy couple to dig up the dirt on your headmaster, Preston, and he's been tailing him for a couple of weeks. Wonderful. Maybe we can uh, split the bill, huh? Hmm. What do you got? Unfortunately, sir, I've got nothing. What do you mean, nothing? The guy's clean. There's no such thing. Everyone's got something. Well, apparently not this guy, Harry. The guy's a model human. Look for yourself. That's him coaching soccer, uh-huh. volunteering in a soup kitchen, making dinner for his family. Jesus. Yeah. He still screws his wife. She's hot, too. I gotta tell you, in all my years in this business, we've never failed to find the dirt. I'm sorry. Did you know that I worked at FX? It was my first job out of college. I'm completely sidetracked. No here. way. This was like in 2010. So it was like the heyday of Justified, Sons of Anarchy, God. the lead. Dude. And I was like a sales assistant for Asia. I don't know if I've told the story on the pod before, but all my job was, was I would get the screeners, which you're familiar with, the DVD screeners, yes. and I'd have to screen them for objectional advertiser content. Fantastic job. <laughs> Holy shit. I'd watch like Sons of Anarchy, and then I'd have to like write an email being like, yeah, after like segment two, you know, bumper A, they burn a little girl alive inside <laughs> of a shipping container, so we probably shouldn't run an Allstate ad right after that. Like... <laughs> Dude, I, I had all the, like, posters in my apartment. Oh, man, dude. I, that, to me, is one of the most underrated networks, just in terms of legacy, I feel like. Like, it's right up there with HBO and Netflix, whatever you want to do. They 
I was there when they rolled out American Horror Story, and it was like the quickest rollout ever because Ryan Murphy like came up with the damn thing in like six months. I'm sure it was like, oh, we're talking to this creator, and like that was like spring, and then by the beginning of the fall, we're like, okay, and now we're going out with this new show that he made with Connie Britton and uh, oh, Noah. well, because you were there then. Maybe you saw this because hmm. I was in school at that time. Okay, and we had one of the coolest professors. He used to show us um, unmade pilots all the time. Ooh, I might have. So FX and FX was into it. This was just back in the days where things were less woke. So yep. there was like not ad blowback, but they were worried about like you know the Bible Belt. Sure. Oh. But it was a show from Ryan Murphy starring Joseph uh, Fiennes, uh-huh. Ray Fiennes' brother. Uh huh. And it was called Pretty Handsome. No, I don't, I'm not and, familiar uh, with that. I'm, I'm upset that I don't know about so, the show. But it was a play on words, Pretty Slash Handsome, where he was a uh, going to be a, like a, I don't know, plastic surgeon maybe, but he uh, secretly identified as a woman. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's super interesting. But the pilot is like really good. Man, it, it exists somewhere on the internet. It has to. I don't think so because I would really? rewatch it. And it sounds like, you know, like a... Subject matter that'd be heavy. Yeah. But it, Ryan Murphy has like a really depth way of like He's weaving these things that stuff. and yeah. to, you know, still make them accessible and like pop culture and popcorn, you know? Yeah. So fucking Carrie Ann Moss was his wife. Wow. Yeah. It's, that cast really good. And it's just weird because today he could put that out any day he wanted to. It's just, Amazon you know, Prime would like to eat it. Up. Anyone would do it. That sounds, that sounds like a really nuanced, different show. Which yeah. It, it sounds like crazy. Nip Tuck for the 2020s. Yeah. Right? And maybe that's why they passed on it too, because like they had just gotten done with Nip Tuck. Maybe, maybe. But I think, I, I think the device of him being a doctor or plastic surgeon, whatever he was, was used to be more episodic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he would keep being faced with people changing them. Sure. And he, he wasn't able to because the show was set in a... Darien, Connecticut, which is like one of the richest, whitest places. Yeah, this is not ringing a bell at all for me, but I'm definitely going to do some sort of deep dive when I get back to my... You should. <laughs> Dude, oh, well, I only brought it up because you may have seen it. I wish, man. I wish. I, I remember we had to parade around uh, American Horror Story, the pilot, and then there was like a, a single season of a show called Lights Out with... Um, I remember that show. Remember it was a boxing show? Yeah, with, I always uh, wanted to watch it. Leave Schreiber's brother, Pablo Schreiber. Yeah. And... Um, Holt, the guy from Mindhunter, Holt. yeah. Mindhunter, thank you. People said good things about it. It was really good, and it just like, you know, but who wants to watch? I don't know, just like. I can see right why it didn't take off, yeah. Yeah, it was just like a violent show, and he had like, he had like early onset CTE, and you're like, I don't want to watch this every <laughs> yeah. week. Like, I don't know. Um, worth calling out, sorry, back to this episode of Entourage. Uh, worth calling out, this is the first episode we do see Dud Ellen's son, Lucas, uh, as Ari Dold's son. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even realize. Jonah Dold, yeah. I think the character, like, he was aged up, so uh, Dud just had his son Lucas. And if you follow Dud on Instagram, Lucas is now like in the military. He's like a Navy pilot or Crazy. some shit yeah, like that. I did, yeah, I did peep that and said, wow, that is because you do have these memories of him being like a five-year-old. Yeah, to, in your mind, right, he's just always a five-year-old yeah. to me. Yeah. Who won the Sits Man Award this week? Um, oh, yeah. Sloan. Oh, dude, I had her too. <laughs> Come on. Because, you know, like we kind of touched on this, but it's just... You none of the characters ever really had a recurring love interest before Sloane. Yep. And even with her being gone, and she's kind of written out un not unceremoniously, but in a weird way. Super weird. Where in that interim between seasons three and four, it wasn't even really clear that she was gone. You just kind of get back, and it's like, oh, all right, guess that ended. And episode one of season four, Ari makes a crack about it, and Edo's like, we're we're not 
broken up or taken a break. And that's like all that's alluded to it. Yeah. And they never bring it up for six yeah. episodes. There's a long fucking time in TV world. And there's no, it's, you're left to fill in a lot of the gaps to yeah. yourself with like a little clunky exposition yeah. dialogue. Sure. But like I said, it was just nice to see her come back and, and keep that part of the show alive and make it feel like a universe Definitely. almost. And have her just like, wreck his day oh it's perfect because that's exactly what would happen so first off she looks amazing she hasn't been on the show in eight episodes she just she literally walks into his life and throws a hand grenade on his like little little afternoon and just walks out like that's that's the definition of a six man award yeah (laughs) taking over and it was kind of true to the character too i mean like for all these guys all the luxury they live like sloan is like let's just say she was perfectly cast as the girl you won't get over highly (laughs) uh, highly unattainable and somehow this Fucking pizza boy, you know? manager, got her. Hello? Hey. Hey. How are you? Eric? Yeah. Hi. Hi. Uh, look, I just wanted to explain uh, today at the pool. I mean, I, I just met that girl. I don't even know her. Eric, we're not together anymore, so you don't owe me any explanations. No, I know. I know. I was just, I was just thinking. About what? About us? Eric, I told you there would be no more us if you went to Italy for three months after being away on the movie for six. I know, I screwed up. Okay, but can we go to dinner or something, talk about it? Eric, I met someone. Wow. Really? (sighs) All right, man. Uh, Johnny Drama. There's a lot of moments I, I can't even start. At the very beginning... He's like, I'm not a nesting creature. And Drama, like, dramatically, like, throws his utensils down. And he goes, really? Name one girl you've ever had unemotional sex with. He's just constantly, like, on a fucking stage performing to everyone around him. But being a student of human nature, knowing a leopard can't change its spots, I've come to accept you for what you are. What's that? The pussy. <laughs> Such a pussy, in fact. I bet Turtle can close a bra quick. Oh, oh, okay. That's it. You're trying to tell me that Turtle can get laid quicker than I can? No, I think he could bring himself to do it quicker than you can. I'm so positive, in fact, I'm willing to wager five of my hard-earned G's that Turtle could close a girl today before you. Johnny, are you serious? These eyes look like I'm bluffing, bro. You're on. Come on, I'm taking E under my wing. And the way way he delivers that. (laughs) A pussy. That might be one of the best entourage walking and talking scenes. I, I can't even... Another one isn't even coming close. That's what's great about this episode... This episode too. I love um, when a show seems like it's not even trying hard. Yeah. And I say that to say that they're not not trying hard. They're just not letting you see the lift. Yeah. You know, like it, when you think about favorite episodes, it's usually always something big plot happens, some big guest. There's no celebrity cameos in this. That's true. It, Second week in a row. It's very impressive for this to still be, you know, what I would call one of the 10, maybe 15 best episodes. Yeah. And it to be so low stakes, so, you know, not much happening. You know, well, it's very clear, and like this has been the case for the last two seasons. But like, this is very much them in their groove. Right. Like, it's like Scott, Dud, Rob—they're throwing like ninety-nine miles per hour in this one, and yeah. with, and making it look super fucking easy, which is what makes this episode so good in such in such simplicity. And that sh- that shit's kind of just intangible. Definitely. <laughs> one point. Sorry, I'll, one more drama line. But we'll move on. Drama goes. These eyes look like I'm bluffing, bro. <laughs> he takes <laughs> off his sunglasses. <laughs> what are you like, on stage in like a bad, like off Broadway play? And again, man, you can't beat him just 
grabbing the couch and being like, fuck it. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm losing 5K, better get some pussy. Okay. Last two questions, Frazier. Who besides Vince won this week's episode? This is actually kind of a tough one. Um, I guess you got to give it to E. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah. We never see this girl or, again or hear about this, but sure. Yeah, it may be in a way he has unemotional sex because you don't see any like fallout from this. Exactly. Everyone kind of wins in this one. Vince did some. Well, Vince it doesn't apply to this category. Drama gets to have sex. <laughs> I guess drama loses five grand though, so he's out. Uh, Ari gets his son finally into the school, which has apparently been his yeah, only well, plot for. Thank God. Thank God. We all were on pins and needles. And then I guess it's E. E gets over his emotional issues with Sloan, and he ha- and he finally has daytime sex or whatever nighttime sex. Yeah. Shout yeah, out yeah, to our boy E. Very Kevin Connolly, I know you're listening right now. Uh, you're getting the win this this week. Tune in next week to see if you didn't the win again. So, uh, <laughs> what a A list episode, B list episode, or D list episode? You can do pluses or minuses. It's got to be A list. A A minus maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah. But even still within the season, because I watched this one like a month or two ago, and. Um, even with all the plot stuff that's happening around this season, this one kind of trumps that almost. It does. Because at this point, you're, you're just so tired of Medellin. Oh, dude. And it's a nice little, like, palate cleanser in the middle of the season from yes, Medellin. Yes, yes. And, it, it, you know, like, it speaks to what you were saying about them just being in a groove and mm-hmm. when it shows, like, in its imperial phase. Yep. And how great that is to watch. And it's good structure, too, because it, it is like a palate cleanser before we get back into... The plot mechanics. And them going to France. I liked Imperial Phase. Is that supposed to be like Star Wars, the evil empire, like marching forward? No, no. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. I use it in writing all the time. It's like a, a, uh, it's like a crutch. But it's just a thing that just kind of describes when... I think people use it in music, okay. mostly. It's like a thing that describes when an artist is just in that zone. Got it. You know? Yeah. So if you wanted, like, Kanye, yeah. this would be Kanye's Imperial Phase almost. It, it actually really is. <laughs> And Kanye West is coming up. No, not him actually, but his episode. Yeah, I'm doing a minus only because of the the Ari stuff. The, 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 yeah, the that's kid, a, that's the, a good yeah. point. That's yeah, a good like point. It just it's very forgettable. If we could have just had him off doing some fun shit with Lloyd or like right. And I think this is kind of a symptom of one thing I noticed rewatching season three was that their workaround for the you know the brief split yeah. was to just beef up his family life and the Lloyd stuff. The Lloyd stuff works. The family life doesn't always. That's a really good observation. Is I noticed that as well. Those that last half of season three, which is split by the writers' strike, and it's when he and Vince are separated. Yeah, they're very uneven episodes. They weren't as enjoyable as I remembered them. No, they're not. But now in rewatching season four, I'm like, these are more enjoyable. Yeah, than I, th- I get. I had the same reaction where it's like season four actually trumps those. Yeah, in a crazy way. That might be blasphemy for some Entourage fans, but... It just is what it is. I mean, the first half of season three is great. Oh, yeah. That's 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 a lot of people's favorites tied with season two. And we've talked about this. What's your favorite Entourage season? Two. Two, two? yeah. Two and three. You know. Two is like when you're literally watching the rocket ascend. Definitely. And three is watching the rocket in orbit around the Earth. And the story in three is just so great. And I, I respect 3B for the experiment. Sure. You got to respect the show's experiment. I was wondering how it would play on rewatch, and it it lived up to my non expectations. Mm-hmm. Well, the way they resolve the Carla Gugino thing just makes no sense. Truly, and then she's like a bad guy the rest of the time. Yeah, they just kind of didn't do right 
by that character. She truly didn't. And after she's a, making her a great character. She really was. She's like a fan favorite that kind of got the shaft. Yeah. Both literally and, yeah. <laughs> Frazier, as always, a blast. I'm so glad we got to meet in person and do this. This is so much better than doing it through a fucking Skype Yeah, man, for sure. Thing. And I'm glad it lined up with one of my favorite episodes. I'm going to be listening in because I think... What's it? Next week is, is Busey, all right? Next week is Busey's desk. The one after that is a really good episode, and that's what kind of clinched this opinion on season four for me. Because it's not an episode that you would rattle off if someone asked you to name your top ten. Which episode? I want to say it's called like Snow Job or something. Oh, it is called Snow Job. But it, the mechanics of the plot actually say so much about what the show could be. You know, at its at its creative peak. If I'm re- if I'm remembering it correctly, it's um they've hired Billy to like adapt the novel or whatever. It sounds like some boring shit. Oh, this he, is a silo he, shit. He comes back with some dystopian shit yeah. that makes no sense. And uh, they just moved into like a house in the hills or some weird shit that they never go back to. But then it's is this the Anna Ferris introduction too? It is. Yeah. But it's on um, Dana and Ari. Yep. There's so many. There's so much like volleying back and forth, and it's when they burst into again, not yeah. to get too much ahead yeah, of it. No, but it's perfect. They burst into uh, the do. You, I want to say dad the, from Home Alone, John. John Hurt, uh, right? Yeah, John yeah. Hurt. R.I.P. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. And uh, I think I think the line is like it's like Field of Dreams meets some meets Blade Runner. <laughs> but the, the fact that she pulls that out of her ass yeah. is like a really amazing, probably definitely true to life. Yeah, thing that happens. Inside how, baseball thing. And how like multi-million dollar movies get made. Like the last second scrapping shit together, yeah. pick up one strip from one pile, throw another one away and like and change it's people's Definitely lives. one of those examples of the show being a much smarter satire about Hollywood than it's given credit for sometimes. Hundred percent. Even though Doug, I think I think last year when I was doing the oral history, Doug said that he never wrote it as satire. But it ended up being one of the best. Yeah. Well, I mean, satire he never wrote it as satire and that these were real experiences, which I guess is the point we're trying to make. You know, tell the listeners about Watch Less. Just launched, dude. What's coming up? Watch Less, man. Um, so me, and my guy Cal, he runs together. We run our uh, pop culture department here at Complex Movies and TV. So we've been trying to get a podcast for a while now. But you know, at a big boy company, you can't just yeah. say you want something and sure. do it the next week. So we finally launched uh, closer to Christmas. Now we've got like 15 episodes and. Starting to rack up some interesting guests. We just had Elijah Wood this week. Holy shit. <laughs> really fun. He's got like a super weird dark comedy B-horror movie out. I love Elijah's post Lord of the Rings career. Yeah, it's dude. Amazing. And we get into all of that. We get That's into great. all of that. Yeah. So we've had a couple guests on. Uh, we mix it up. We had um, Laurel told some great stories last week. Mishkato guy. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, you know. But even when there's no guests, we just try to, we're going to be breaking down current events or a franchise dropping. Hopefully you got some good practice by coming on now three times to talk about Entourage. Honestly, that's, legit. That's, that's how you got your chops. Legit. <laughs> Guys, the link to subscribe and listen to Watch Less is going to be in the show notes for today's episode. Frazier, always a blast, man. Thanks for having me, bro. See you soon. Yes, definitely. Definitely.